The Talking Point with Kathy Mosasana. Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. All right, let's continue now to our 10 o'clock conversation and invite onto the show Yolanda Janki, who is a former Rhodes University student, and she was permanently excluded from Rhodes University for her role in the RU reference list protest, the hashtag RU reference list protest, and those were really linked to exposing the culture of sexual violence, sexual abuse that was taking place on that campus. She was a chal- she she challenged the lifetime ban in the High Court and n- including in the Supreme Court of Appeal towards the end of last month the Supreme Court upheld that um the way in which Yolanda Janji was treated was unfair, procedurally unfair, and had compromised her ability to obtain admission at other institutions of higher learning. Yolanda joins us now again on the show. Yolanda, good morning to you. Thank you for your time today. Good morning, Kathy. And somebody else that will be part of the conversation is Nomzamo Zondo, who is the executive director of Siri South Africa. And they, of course, have played a critical role in providing legal support for Yolanda during this period. Nomzamo, good morning to you. Good morning, Cathy. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much. I think, Yolanda, let me just come back to you. And, um, you know, we, we, we had a short conversation earlier on in the week, but this is really an opportunity just to find out how the last six years of your life have been affected by that decision uh, by Rhodes to effectively ex- exclude you from the institution and... You, you know, you've had the six years of, of a legal fight. And when you look back to what you were trying to accomplish at the time as a young activist on campus, take us into that journey before we, 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 we go further into our conversation. Okay, so I think I just need to start off by saying that I was, I was, I was excluded for my involvement. I was excluded from my alleged involvement yes. in the protest. Um, and yeah, I think this these couple of days are literally mark the, the, the exact days that the hashtag I recent list protest broke out six years ago in twenty six six years ago in twenty sixteen, I think, yeah. Um, on the seventeenth of April and really these protests um followed a number of student campaigns that were already happening on, on the university's campus that were aimed at addressing, you know, the sexual and gender-based violence that students um, were experiencing and the perceived rape culture, you know, on campus. And so it started off, you know, my involvement as a as a as an as an activist against SGPZ on campus at Rhodes started through the hashtag Chapter Two One Two campaign, which really was making reference to section in the South African Constitution, which is Chapter 2.12, that really speaks to how citizens of this country have, you know, the right to um, bodily autonomy and integrity, amongst other things. And so that campaign was a a campaign that students from Rhodes, UCT, and Stellenbosch embarked on to really just kind of spotlight um, and to raise and to bring forward, I guess, this conversation of um, rape culture, how the university systems are also not responding in a way that we felt as students was adequate to, you know, the experiences on the ground. And so that happened. We put on posters. It was a peaceful protest, peaceful campaign. 
And then a couple of weeks later, you know, the response from the university was just silent. They, they, in fact, they, they, they asked the university's securities um, to take down the posters that were um, put across the campus by the library section. You know, the vice chancellor came down at some point and, and him and his management team, they looked at these posters and it was just a whole PR exercise and, and, and we were never told, you know, why the posters were taken. Well, we were told that they were taken down for some investigation, but, you know, there was, there was never a conversation with the students or even with the SRC, the, the student leadership of the university, of which this campaign was headed by the SRC at the time. And then a few weeks later, you know, obviously this sparked a lot of conversation and, and distress amongst the students because it was, it was a conversation that we were having on campus and we were really upset at the response that the university had, order, had also given. Um, and, you know, a number of allegations were raised. Some SRC members were also accused of being um, perpetrators of, of, of um, SGBV on campus. And then on the 17th of April, a few weeks after this, this campaign, a list dropped on social media um, anonymously. And this list also it literally did not say anybody was a rapist. It did not say this person is a perpetrator of any form of violence. Um, it, it circulated on social media a list of 11 male student names of former, former and current um, Rhodes University students. And, and it was just written reference list names and at the bottom, et al. In, in Latin, which means and, and more or and others. And this list just really, that in the, I guess the conversation got revitalized again online. Um, students were tagging each other, dropped on a student body page. And so you know, students were tagging each other. Um, students come, started commenting really that, you know, we, we know who these people are or what this list means. These are perpetrators. You know, these are the, the perpetrators on campus. And that, that triggered just a response that I guess nobody even anticipated, I myself, which led to the protest. It led to um, a, a, a nearly two-week shutdown. Um, although it's been reported as a three-day shutdown, the protest went on for longer than a week at the university mm-hmm. because of the resilience of many students, my, um, uh, myself included. And we really just embarked on, on a number of activities, our awareness campaigns to raise you know, awareness about the plight that we, uh, of women students and, and also the LGBT community students. Um, on campus, how we just were not happy with everything. And this included the questioning, questioning the, or calling for reform um, and, or look into the, the sexual, um, sexual harassment policies that existed on campus and, um, and, and everything else really that spoke to pre- um, pre- preventing um, and responding to, to the crisis of gender-based violence. And so, Yes, around these, uh, actually on the 20th of April, um, six years ago, which was a Wednesday like today, around these times we were being shot at by police because the university's response was in fact, let's call um, the SAPS on these students, um, let's criminalize the students and do whatever we can to, you know, aggravate also a situation that didn't need to be aggravated. The only sure. thing we were calling for was that here are the perpetrators. Like, we, there are students, there are many women who are even coming up who are not even saying the rapists are on the list. There are other students, and we're saying we can point them out, and we want, we want cases to be open, and we want these students gone, pending an investigation or whatever you need to do. But we can no longer go to school and lecture halls and, and live amongst these people and go, to, and go have our lunches and our 
meals. And we're sharing with known perpetrators because we've been doing it for, since I also got enrolled as a student in 2015 as a first-year student, you know. Um, I already knew who um, certain perpetrators were already. And so... Yeah, like the the protest. So yeah, the, the university's response was really, um, yeah, the really was just to prioritize their response, which was um, protecting their brands, protecting the perpetrators, uh, and 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 they called the police on on and what were people protests? I mean, protests are protests, and, and we understand how protests are in South Africa, and so we barricaded, we shut down the lecture halls. Um, and, and 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 we really just called for the university to meet the students on the ground so that we can figure out a way forward. And Yolanda? Mm. Yeah. One one of the things I want us to to talk about is mm-hmm. what happened in relation to um, the charges that you were specifically facing, and mm-hmm. this is you know what we saw in that in those protests included also some of these individuals that were on the list. So male mm-hmm. students that. Uh, some were removed from their rooms. Some say that they were assaulted, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, by the protesters at the time. And and this really seemed to form the central basis for the charges that the university brought against you and said it ultimately found you guilty of. Uh, we'll continue the conversation with Yolanda and Nomzamo after the ten thirty news headlines. The Talking Point with Kathy Mosasana, weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. We continue the conversation on The Talking Point. We're speaking to Yolanda Chanchi, who is the former Rhodes University student, and Nomzamo Zondo, who is the executive director of Siri South Africa, that have been crucial in helping her fight this legal battle. Uh, Nomzamo, I know that you've told us that you'll have to leave uh, the conversation early uh, to, to attend to uh, something else. So what I'm going to do, Yolanda, is that I want us very briefly to talk about the, the the charges that effectively you ended up being found guilty of. And, and these were charges of kidnapping, assault, insubordination and defamation under the institution's disciplinary code. Yes, I mean, I, I, I really don't know what to say about those charges other than the fact that they were brought out by the university. And, you know, I guess I was supposed to take responsibility for people's alleged actions, for whole movements. You know, I, I don't know how I was supposed to account for every single individual who participated in that movement because there were about 800 to 1,000 students who protested each day mm-hmm. um, during the hashtag Are You Referring to This Protest? And so the, the allegations that were brought up by the university charging me and two other university students, because I wasn't the only person who the university targeted. Um, and, you know, uh, even with the three of us who were targeted, there were others who were suspended before myself, um, who had received various sanctions, others signed non-disclosure agreements um, and signed deals, you know. And with my, with my, with my charges, they were brought a year later after the protest in 2017, and, and I was doing my third year. Um, and, you know, obviously the Socioeconomic Rights Institute had been representing me since 2016 because I was one of, again, the, 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 the main respondents on an interdict that the university had taken out in 2016 to try to stop the protest. And so 
A year later, they, they instituted a disciplinary hearing, an internal disciplinary hearing, um, and I had my, represent- my, my, my legal counsel represent me, and we had prepared for the days and months that we did, you know, uh, waiting for me to take the stand and for me to meet my evidence and to testify um, and to be cross-examined, and none of that happened. All right. Um, none of that happened. I was denied the opportunity um, to, to do that, even though, you know, the facts were put on the table by my legal counsel that they wouldn't be available, and that it was also happening amidst my final year exams on days that I would also be writing. And mm. we had just asked for postponement for on days where everyone would be available and it was simply refused. And so um, I think, yeah, just apart from the facts of the matter, because I'm really not going to speak to whether I did or did not uh, do things or participate in the movement. I've always maintained I have participated in the protest. All right. Um, yeah, but um, the, the battle has always been that if, if you're going to allege these things against me, then give me the, the give me the opportunity to tell my side of the story, and that's all that has ever been. Because the rapists, the boys, the, the students that we were protesting against, they were given ample opportunity to 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 to, to tell whatever side of versions of events. Um, and this has nothing to do with speaking about the actual allegations of being mm. perpetrated, but just about the the, the the alleged nights and days that we were protesting at the university. Sure. Mm. Let me bring in Nomzamo here because she has to leave soon. Nomzamo, talk to me. (coughs) Apologies. Uh, Talk to me about Siri's involvement and why it is that you took an interest in Nomzamo's case, in in Yolanda's case, sorry. Sure, Cathy. So Siri has, from the onset, uh, provided legal representation to activists uh, who were either being... Uh, disciplined or criminally prosecuted for their participation in protests. This is mainly because in our country, for the majority of South Africans, protest is the only way that they can express their grievances. Uh, and if you listen to Yolanda earlier, she spoke to how the students had been protesting about the university's failure to address uh, gender and sexual violence on campus. Um, and it, for us, from the moment the university brought the internet, when we were approached to assist the students, we felt like this is one, this is a, a worthy cause of saying to the university, as the people are in charge of the university, we have to protect us as, as women, as gender non-conforming um, people on campus from, from the violence that, that we're experiencing. That the university's response should have been automatically to run to the courts, but it should have been to open up space for engagement between itself and the students and find a better way to address uh, to address uh, sexual and gender gender-based violence on campus, and if that had been done, for instance, solutions, uh, effective solutions could have been found, which would have been, which would have not brought us here. For instance, Kathy, if you if you go through any of the media reporting about this case, you'd learn that the university spent over a million rand mm-hmm. uh, in 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 um, in disciplining Yolanda and other two students, and specifically in pursuing Yolanda in instances where they hadn't even given an opportunity to state to state her side of the story and at least put up her defense. I mean, the judgment of the Supreme Court of Appeal speaks clearly to the risks that Yolanda faced at the beginning, because the university was quite insistent that it would seek her exclusion, which would mean that she would lose three years of her life. She's a student who had been at the time supported by the National Student Financial Aid School. So she, 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 in fact, was even in debt in order to get a university degree. But the university went to all these lengths, right, 
um, in, at a time when in, in, in a situation where they disciplined her and didn't give her an opportunity to tell her side of the story. As Seri would put up the resources, we'd given, we'd given, uh, we'd approach two advocates to represent her in the disciplinary hearing. And in the process, the university wanted those advocates to not be available to Yolanda because in effect, by refusing to postpone for a period that the SCA knows is one month, mm. they, they took away from Yolanda people who had been representing her for months. Um, and as Seri, our intervention was to say, look, for every activist, who stands up uh, to speak about the structure that we want to live in. We want those people to feel that they can do that. Right? We, want, we want South Africans who want to articulate the future that they want, but also to stand up and take action to make the South Africa possible. And in, in, in the case of the ARIO reference list, students at Rose were doing what they were saying, we will no longer accept this status quo. We want to be in a university where we, where we, where we feel safe, and we feel secure. And we want you as our university to protect us. And the consequences of that of, of that week has have followed Yolanda, at least as as, as as she's counted now, close to close to six years. Uh, and at least in four and a half of, of those years, she was excluded from roads, not allowed to even set foot on their campus. And was almost was almost certain that she would never be able to get a Rhodes degree, despite having spent almost a full three years of her life there. You know, I wonder just some of the lessons, Nomzamo, that you believe can be taken out of what happened with Yolanda, because at the same time, it's it's a story of, um, you know, this young person who has so much fire in them is vocal about what they're seeing on campus and as you're saying, is fighting against in effectively injustice um, that is taking place. And yet, this young person today finds herself in a position where she now has to re-figure out what her life needs to look like post the six-year period. What do you think are the biggest lessons to be learned from, from how all of this unfolded? Look, uh, Kathy, we have a history in this country, right, of injustice. If you stood, if you stood in this country in 1950, you would meet people who would say what was happening at that time was correct. But there were people, and mostly at that time, even as of now, young people who said this is not acceptable. Black people should not be treated in this way. We're entitled to this and to this and to this. And it is for people who are in power to respond to people who are, who are raising those injustices in a way that at least at the very least engages them about the future that they are talking about. Mm. And then they do not abuse their own power. I mean, it's the, the mm. one thing about Yolanda's case is how here she is as a young woman. She was 19 at the time of the protest. And here's a university that's over 100 years old. And it's her mm. against university for her future. Right? She's, Yolanda is not fighting for anything else but her own future. Um, and it, 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 it could have happened in 2017 even before the disciplinary hearing was brought, that um, the, the Council of Rhodes University could have said, we know what happened last year. We are unhappy with some of what happened. Uh, we want to engage some of what happened. Um, and we are going to have a process, a reconciliatory process, where we speak to everyone and make peace. Because the problem with violence, uh, Kathy, is that it, it begets more violence. And it is people with power, mm-hmm. right, who should act in a way Right, that rejects violence. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. uh, for Yolanda, in the last few years, what has happened at the university 
reacted with violence. Even and, 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 and I know that having engaged as a legal representative, the university's position has been that she, they feel that she was guilty of sin. Even if they thought that she was guilty of sin, it was expected of them as a, as, 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 as a public institution, um, as, 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 a, as, as a university, to treat her uh, with, 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 um, with a level of grace mm. uh, that would have allowed us not to be here today. And, 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 and I dare say that for anyone who sees a dark mark on the university's reputation now, that dark mark has been strengthened and further stained by how the university acted in the last few years. Nomzamo, let me thank you so much for making time to be part of this conversation. I know you've got to go now, so um, I will officially release you. But uh, Yolanda, let me come to you and you. perhaps I'll ask you, what have the last six years cost you in, in as far as your life, your plans, where you thought you would be? Mm. Um. I mean, Kathy, on the day I received the news of my exclusion, you know, on the 17th of November, 2017, it was a Friday. Um, I, you know, like my whole life stopped. You know, everything I thought would be in terms of my future, um, being a graduate, you know, I was obviously anticipating finishing off my last two exams the following week and then, you know, graduating in, in April of 2018 and that didn't happen. And so I think just it, 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 since then and so presently, really, it's just been, it's been a, a roller coaster. Um, hasn't been easy um, having to also defend myself in the public eye, I guess, the public realm, because there are a lot of people who don't, or at the, they, or they, they still are, although there are people who understand um, you know, my case and my plight and this whole uh, battle who, I guess, sympathize with me. But there's also been the, the reality of having to navigate, having to defend myself um, mm. against the university because I've, I've, been, I've, I've been reported as this person who did these things to these innocent male students. And I'm, I led a vigilante um, movement and I did all of these bad things. And not a single, like... Um, I guess I question raised at just how the university responded to the protest, let alone to to the individuals that they targeted and why. Um, so it's just uh, yeah, a lot of emotions that I've been dealing with. It hasn't been easy. I mean, I've become a statistic. I'm, I'm effectively unemployed. Um, so I didn't think that my future would pan out like this. When I look at my peers who graduated, I started my first year with in 2015. Who I was in the protest with. Um, you know, and how they, they managed to graduate and, and you know, move on with their they, they, they life as young adults. So it's, I don't want to sound like I'm regretful because definitely I am not regretful for my participation um, of, of standing up for, for justice and for the right thing. Um, from the moment I participated in the protest to standing up for myself, you know, um, I think and that's what the university has been shocked at all along, that how could I, as this black woman, um, be so relentless in this battle? I should just accept my fate and not, and not you know, use the, the resources that are extended to me and that are available. Um, and, and that are protected by the constitution as well, you know. So it's it's been it's been it's been a very very difficult journey to say the least. Um, but I think I understood this as well. The moment I I I, I started getting involved in student politics, 
or became an activist, even post my time as a student at Rhodes. I understand. And as Mrs. Mamzama has said, that really we have a history of injustice in this country. And, um, you know, there will be forces when you do try to, to right wrongs or, you know, try fight for just a just society. Um, there are people in power who won't want to let go of that, relinquish that power. You are stepping on toes. And I essentially did that. The movement um, did that at Rhodes University. And so... Yeah, I mean, right now I'm hoping that the future, it's the fact that the, the FCA has given this judgment and that um, that the, 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 my lifetime academic exclusion has been set aside. And so far as the disciplinary hearing um, hasn't proceeded because it is to their discretion. If they want to go back to the disciplinary hearing, they can go back. The court has said that so long as I will be appear before a new unbiased proctor, um, and I'm also given the opportunity then to tell my side of the story. Mm-hmm. That can happen, but... You know, I was always ready. In 2017, I wanted to tell my side of the story. I, I am still ready to tell my side of the story and to defend myself as I've done so all these years. Right. Um, but you know, yeah, I won't. I won't. I, I think the thing, the point was just, it should have been fair. Mm-hmm. Really, the, the train guard was meant to be fair, um, and it wasn't. So um, I'm okay. quite proud of myself, if I just say so. <laughs> so so i suppose then you know when you look back on it it's it's it it, it conjures up mixed emotions you know because mm. on the one hand you're living with the reality of what that moment has meant for you and how mm. is that it has impacted the last six years of of your life but on the other on the other hand there's just you know like you're saying this the story of of victory and and really questioning and challenging what our systems of a hundred-year-old institution and, and a court agreeing that, uh, you know, they should have done better. I want to go to the phone lines. Uh, Anonymous, good morning to you. This is Kathy. Hi. I'm all right. How are you? Oh, this is Kathy. I cannot even begin to... This is Yolanda. She has gone through something that I am going through, but I don't know the extent of her experience, but I must commend her for her bravery. And that tells just how I feel talking to you right now. um, I was a student at a university at some point myself. And uh, years later, in the same university, I was employed, right? Now, the thing is, Ms. Kepi, my employer sexually violated me uh, in the office months after he had tried to do whatever he was trying, and I had spoken to him and expressed how much I need my job, but it never entailed me giving a part of myself. Ms. Kepi, this thing, I, 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 it, it, went as far as me being violated in the office and deciding that I am done trying to be civilized and 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 um, um, diplomatic about the situation. Much as I am not looking for a, a protest or anything, all I just needed was to reason with the person and carry on with my life. Because I have plans. I, I have plans for my life. And my life had to kind of come to a halt because then I decided there is no talking here, there is no reasoning, this person won't hear me out, let me just resign. But the funny thing, Mrs. Katie, is that when I resigned, they called me in and begged me numerous times 
And this is last year, Sis Katie. Last year when this whole thing happened, to this day, Sis Katie, mm. my employer, is, which is the management, is still keeping me waiting on uh, 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 an update as to, now you said I must not resign, but I told you I'm not feeling safe going back there until I have a conversation with people because now I'm being the, uh, I'm being victimized for for speaking my truth and and declaring my freedom which is wanting to leave you understand no one has done anything to Kitty university and reported the matter no one has done anything to Kitty I'm still sitting here unemployed waiting on results, no salary, no explanation, nothing. Mm. And the only thing I was told when my last salary came in, which was not supposed to be in full, because of the time I had decided immediately then I'm done with with, with my duties, with my services. Mm. Uh, I was told that I got paid my salary in full uh, 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 because a lie was told, because people don't want to tell the truth to the people high above and, 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 and deal with the situation uh, 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 in a civilized manner and not causing a, posted, a protest or anything. So what I'm saying is it's by seven months now and I'm still locked in my place and receiving threats on my phone and there's no one. I've gone to many police stations. I've been referred too many times. I've gotten uh, tired. It's a bad and I know how Yolanda is feeling. I know how, what she has gone through. I know. And, and Anonymous, when when you reported what had happened to the HR department, I'm assuming, of this university, and mm-hmm. you raised this issue, they did absolutely nothing. What they did is they asked someone who is also a part of the management, like the higher management up there, to... Uh, investigate the matter mm. but sis Katie, i can tell you that instead of investigating the matter this person was because on the other side i had given out i i was asked to give out a statement that i did but after the statement was uh, i had given it out um floods and floods of threats and calls and messages and and, and images on, on on my whatsapp my phone was flooding to a point I cannot answer any call that is not registered on the phone. And, 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 and still, when I reported these, these occurrences, these events, when I said, um, nothing was done. It, it, you, even, in the, even in the SMSs, even in the emails, I have them here on my phone. You can tell that it, it, it's not the problem. It, it's not a, 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 a thing that someone want to take care of, mm. want to consider oh. looking at. Anonymous, I'm, I'm so sorry about what happened to you. And, and I think what we'll do is that we'll get your contact details um, so that we can actually find out what happened and which university this took place at and see if we can't put you in, the, uh, in touch with the likes of, of Siri to see if, if your matter can't be taken up further because it's just it's unacceptable you cannot have something um like this happening to somebody in a workplace at an institution of higher learning and nothing is done about it Uh, i want to go to um lungelo lungelo in cape town good morning 
Morning. Morning, Sis Kathy. Mm. How are you? I'm well, thank you, Lungelo. Hey, I'm so emotional. Mm. Hey. My sister Yolanda, be strong. God is always there, you know. Um, yeah. You know, Sis Kathy, when we hear of such things, then you, 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 you there will be people who will be calling and saying, you want to do a regime, a, 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 a redeem, what you call a regime change. Mm. Yet this thing is coming from people's mouths. I don't know what to say. I'm so emotional. Yeah. Bye-bye, sis. All right. All right, Lungelo. Okay. Yeah. You know, it's, it's devastating because these are people's lives. These are people's lives that are affected. Arnold. Mm. Yes, Lungelo? A young, a young, a young lady. Mm. A young lady Mm. fighting for her own rights. Where is justice? Where is justice? All right, Lungelo. Arnold in Econhook. My name is Kevin. Yes. Um... Before I get into this point, allow me to concur with the gentleman who called in and complained about the treatment in hospitals and the call that at least you must have the Minister of, of Persons with Disabilities to just talk to us um, about various issues of which some of them I've raised. But coming to these issues of Katie, um, you know, most universities in these countries are still being led by men. And I can tell you that uh, policies which are meant to better the lives of the vulnerable, when I'm talking about women and persons with disabilities, is non-existent. Uh, being an SRC member in two universities, Kitty, last one, which, which even today I still have a trauma of being in that university, is the University of Venda. Mm. There's no policy on sexual harassment there is no offices which you can be pointed to to raise these issues. In fact, you are being told to go to security officer and report such cases. But then even how they are followed up, non-existent. Being a person with disabilities and, and being the SRC, even right now, I have a girl whom last year was doing research, whom a supervisor asked to sleep with her, mm-hmm. and when she refused, her research was dragged. Mm-hmm. And she has no way to go. She can't even go and, and report in an office because, I mean, just imagine you are raising such a matter and you're being told to write a letter. That's how these universities have become. And just kidding, you know, since, since fees must fall, and, and this is something which I've even raised with, I mean, with South, South African you know, um, students. I've been saying since 2015, it's like the head has told the universities to maintain stability in institutions. The crackdowns of activists from different spectrum, it's enormous. And, and let me tell you how they do it. When they realize that you are raising a matter, they... They identify you. They look at your family background, where you come from. They even uh, begin to identify to say, if ever you lose this degree, 
your family will suffer. Mm-hmm. And um, let me tell you something, Mrs. Keith. Even the issue of bribes to activists does happen. You get bribed so that you keep quiet. Some of the people who are, copied, who are committing rapes in the higher institutions of learning are SRC members. Hmm. And, and they are being protected by the management. We know these things is keeping. We live with it. And sometimes us who fight, we are being called uh, um, uh, people who, who are trying to be better. Yet the stock is too big for everyone to take. All right. Arnold, thank you for calling in and, and for sharing that account. And, and what you're saying is something we've heard quite a number of times. And the big issue here, um, Yolanda, just to, to bring us to the end of our conversation, is that there hasn't been that change that you and your peers were fighting for, even when it comes to how universities are dealing with issues of sexual offenses that are committed on campus like you know like Arnold is saying you have big institutions but it's a hot potato nobody knows what to do with it yeah no indeed Kathy and I mean I think part of it you know um, speak to the level or how much strict jurisdiction you know universities have as well are they um, are they able to deal with these cases? Should they deal with these cases? Um, but then again, it's like even the institutions such as the SAPS, again, aren't institutions we can really rely on as the victims or survivors of sexual and gender-based violence. So really, it's just it's a it's a crisis everywhere. I think it's a it's a general systemic crisis in our country, um, and these issues really are not happening in a vacuum. You know, GBV is really a, a, a reality of a lot of Black women, um, and and we have. All these powers that try silence us, or um, you know, and, and effectively ruin our lives. Should we try act against it and fight for some sort of justice? And mm-hmm. you know, that happened to me. But um, you know, I really am glad that in this one one instance, um, the, the courts, the justice system, you know, has I, I feel like my faith in it has has been restored. And it is obviously biased, but you know, there has been a long journey, and I and I can't even imagine what other people go through. Um, um, you know, having to try fight for their for, for, for some sort of justice and whatever cases they're faced with. So, yeah, it's unfortunate, but it is a reality. And um, you know, even with the roads, it, it it just lost. Yeah, there was there were students who were speaking out to me and publicly. Um, you know, be, uh, saying that they've been raped by um, a, a lecturer, and you know, I guess the, the university's intervention as well in that instance again, wasn't adequate. And so students are also doing the best that they can to kind of speak out and, 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 and hope that somebody out there will help them. Um, it's just a, it's, it's, it's a tormenting experience to be a black woman in this country. Yolanda, let me thank you so much for your time, for coming onto the show, for sharing your story. And we certainly wish you all of uh, the best for the future. And hopefully you'll get in touch and tell us what it is that you're going to be uh, getting up to next once uh, you've concluded. I think it's the next, it's just 21 days that Rose has been given to uh, respond to the SCA ruling. But uh, hopefully you'll be able to uh, continue your studies. I'm assuming that's something you want to do very quickly. 
Yeah, I mean, look, I was I was enrolled at UNIFA uh, last year mm. uh, because of the involvement of certain uh, activists and academics um, who felt like our life shouldn't be on hold because, because of the actions of Rose, right? And so it, it took a lot of um, high-level interventions, but I, I was then enrolled at UNIFA and I did my first year, but I'm not at school again this year to complete my, my second year. I completely started a new qualification. I enrolled in a BA communication science degree, um, but I can't afford to pay my studies, uh, you know, I'm already in debt with Netflix. My application was rejected this year, and I simply can't afford to pay the fee. So, again, I find myself back to square one, which is not knowing what to do with my life and trying to figure it out. But I do have an NPO that I even did register in 2019. It's called Archive Amabaliwe 2. Uh, or the website is archiveamabaliwe2.org.za. We are a digital organization, and we're really interested in gender-based violence advocacy and centering black women's stories. And so through my own life journey and the battle over the past six years or so with the institution, I really also hope that it does serve as a sort of source of inspiration to any anyone, really any student, any woman in particular who might find, find themselves in having to fight the might of patriarchal and capitalist violence in our country. So, right. um, yeah, that's the work that I'm doing. But I am thankful to the community of feminist activists and people like you as well, Kathy, who have given me the time to really just share my story and um, who have supported me in various ways. All right. Yolanda, all of the best and we'll keep in touch.